The show starts in one minute. Please remember to replace the speaker on the post when you leave the theater. And now, on with the show. Hello and welcome to episode 74 of Saturday Matinee Theater, brought to you by your friends at the Long Box Crusade. We are back in Gotham City in our recording studio, set up in one of the many unused rooms in stately Wayne Manor. I am your host, Jared Albrecht, the Yard Sale Artist, and joining me, as always, is the Robin to my Batman. It is Pat Sampson, a.k.a. DJ Cristados. How are we feeling today, boy wonder, man wonder, mysterious age wonder Cristados? Oh, you know, I'm doing all right. Um, been trying to work out so I can fight a lot better, but, you know, just doesn't seem to be working out for me. Yeah. All right. <laughs> also joining me is the laziest Alfred Pennyworth of all time. It is my brother, Jason, the Weasel Skull Albrecht. How are you today, Jason? Hold on a minute. Got to get these blood stains out of these uniforms. It's like every episode. <laughs> I have got to update my resume. I got to get out of this job. <laughs> got to use cold water for blood stains. <laughs> oh, you think I don't know that? I got blood stains and I got, I got smoke. Oh, this thing. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a full time job. <laughs> yeah, I think he's got a concussion again. He keeps calling me Manfred. I, <laughs> I'll tell you what, man. If you hear anything, I'm networking. I'm networking with you, fellas. Mm. Talk to Jarvis over there at Avengers Mansion. Maybe can well, I want to be. I want to be clear. I want a job where I don't have to really do anything, mm. but get paid. Ah. So, like, management level or something. Uh-huh. <laughs> Public office might be for you. <laughs> Good thinking. But I'm British, so don't ask me where my accent went. Don't worry about it. All right. We also have with us the incorruptible lawman of the city is Commissioner Delvin the Dark Web Williams. How do you do, Commissioner? Fantastic. And I have a plan. See, what, what we're going to do here is... We're going to take these bags of and we're going to set some on fire. <laughs> That's it. That's the whole plan. That's your plan. <laughs> okay. He called the There's shit. not much more substance behind that. That's it. We're just going to set the place on fire and that's it. That's, that's the plan. It's a plan. <laughs> that thing went up fast, dude. Well, we'll get into it. <laughs> Who knew that a bunch of paper could just ignite so quickly? <laughs> There's lots of questions that we're going to need to answer in this episode. Luckily, we have with us our resident bat expert who's practically, you know, part of the show at this point. But we're going to welcome back Mr. Alan J. Porter. Welcome back, Alan. Thank you. Is it welcome back? I don't know. Are you, you guys are clearly running out of guests to the way you keep asking me to come back. So. <laughs> Whenever we forget to schedule a guest, you're our go-to guy, all right? So that's a that's a prize position. It's usually because you're at the other show that we're yeah, yeah. where we forgot to schedule a and guest. And you guys are like, what are you doing Wednesday night? Yeah. <laughs> he's getting into Dave territory. Oh, yeah. He's, he's, he's overtaking Dave here on Saturday Matinee Theater. Uh, the last couple of times you've come on, you sort of talked about your history of Batman. Did you have anything else or did we bleed you dry? <laughs> I think you bled me dry last time. I didn't realize I was going to be coming back for the next episode. So I think you <laughs> okay. bled me dry last time. Understood. So I prepared a question for you. Oh, dear. All right. It's relatively short. It may be relatively easy. Favorite live action Batman 
actor. Ooh, that is actually a good one. I had to throw that live action in there so you couldn't cop out with Kevin Conroy because I he is. Still, yeah, I think it's, it's, no, no, no. It's, it's Michael Keaton. It's Michael Keaton. He played, yeah, played a live action. He did. And he did yes, in he the did. CW series. Yes. He, with a Kingdom Come exoskeleton and stuff. Yep. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Michael Keaton. Nothing wrong with that. I applaud that. I approve of it. I still remember how I felt when I was a wee lad in Germany and I heard the news he was going to play Batman and I was like, what? Is it a is it a comedy, <laughs> Mister Mom? <laughs> <laughs> like, hey, I, I, the character of Batman has a long career of having, uh, you know, if you get cast as him, it's always like controversial. Like, I think Val Kilmer was probably the only one that wasn't controversial. Everybody else was like uh, Clooney. What? Uh, uh-huh. Yeah, uh, Ben yeah, Affleck. I- the hell are you say? Yeah, I go with Michael Keaton. No, nothing wrong with that at all. In fact. I've often told people of sort of that original run of first sort of 89 to 97. I've often said that I think that Kilmer is the best looking in the bat suit. And he kind of was just had, had a really, you know, probably the best build out of between Keaton Kilmer and Clooney. I think Clooney was an incredibly good Bruce Wayne. He just had a yeah. bad script. That, but I think, we, yeah. I think he, Keaton got the two of them. Yeah. Keaton kind of got the package together. Together. Yeah. Yeah. He wasn't the most physically opposing, but he had a really good Bruce Wayne, and he looked good in the suit. He's got yeah. a good bat mouth. <laughs> yeah. No, he, did, he does look good in the suit, and he looks good when he's Bruce Wayne, and he goes a bit nuts, too. Yes. And he plays that dark side that just trips over really well, but yeah. But I'd agree with you that Val Kilmer was probably the best in the suit, and Clooney was probably the best Bruce Wayne, yeah, of that original. Yeah. I would have loved to yeah. see Clooney get like a, a really good script. Anyway, there's a pop culture podcast coming out. We're going to talk all about it, me and Pat, aren't we, Pat? <laughs> yes, we are. We are. <laughs> and by the time you hear this, it's probably already been out. <laughs> uh, so go scroll back in our feed if you want to listen to me and Pat talk about George Clooney as Batman. All right. With that, Pat, people are probably wondering, what's this show all about? Probably not. It's our 74th episode, but we got to give you something to do. So go ahead and do your thing. <laughs> well, it may be someone's first time joining us. That if episode. so... Welcome. Definitely. Welcome. Welcome to the Batcave. And let me tell you a little bit about Saturday Matinee Theater. It's a retro review show brought to you by the Lombox Crusade, where we'll be taking you back to the past with some potentially overlooked retro awesomeness in the realm of television, movie serials, or films. Basically, if it's vintage and it's kind of forgotten, we're going to dig it up. On this episode, we'll continue our dive into 1943's Batman Serial. 1943's Batman Serial was produced by Rudolph C. Forthol. It starred Lewis Wilson as Batman and Douglas Croft as Robin. So grab your Batarang, fire up the Batmobile, and swing into adventure. But don't forget, try one of those special smokes DACA made. I hear they're to die for.
Before we hand it to Delvin for this episode's info, let's take a look, or in this case, a listen to a commercial that would have been playing at the time this episode was released back in 1943. This will help us get into the right time frame of mind, if you will, and transport us back to the 40s. For this episode's commercial retro rewind, we have Mr. Potato Head by Hasbro. Hey, it's Hasbro. Hasbro makes toys. What's new, Hasbro? Mr. and Mrs. Potato Head with their own cars and trailers. That's what's new. See, Mr. Potato Head has a car and boat trailer. And there's a car and shopping trailer for his wife, Mrs. Potato Head. It's such fun to do and so easy. Like this. Take any fruit or vegetable. Just stick in eyes, then ears, and then the mouth. You can make the funniest looking people in the whole world. Potato Head people look different every time you make them. Mr. and Mrs. Potato Head with cars and trailers come in one and two dollar sizes. What else is new, Hasbro? A vanity case with toy cosmetics and beautiful accessories and real looking doctor and nurse kits. Hasbro makes great toys. It's fun to play with Hasbro. All right, Alan. Get to go first because you are a uh, special guest. The, the oh, special I'm, luster I'm... is wearing <laughs> off. <laughs> <laughs> the, sh- the shine is doing. Is... <laughs> Sparkle is dimming. Hey, Mr. Hasbro, do you have a nice, freaky, <laughs> <laughs> terrifying toy that we can play with and do unnatural things with vegetables? <laughs> what the hell? It's like a good old-fashioned nightmare fuel. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Uh, so you were I, I must admit, I, it's logical that I guess Mr. Potato had started with you actually just the pieces that you stuck in an actual potato. But then when he said, they said about use any vegetable, fruit and vegetable in the kitchen or whatever, it was just like that conjured up way too many weird and wonderful scenarios. So, yeah. <laughs> oh, you're going to play Mr. Cauliflower Head later on? Uh-huh. <laughs> Jason, did you find Mr. Potato Head a peeling? well it gives a whole new meaning to don't play with your food (laughs) well i think we all had a mr potato head growing up right do they have those in in the in the uk one like that yeah yeah not one like that the plastic one yeah with a yeah i want to know the genius that said you know what let's just throw in a body (laughs) yeah let's Let's throw in a plastic thing so this doesn't creep everybody out. We don't have bananas with eyes and stuff sticking out. That that is some weird stuff. And I just got to say, I couldn't see my kids, you know, growing up and playing with that toy. Like, sticking that in in food. Of course, they have video games and stuff. Simpler time, I guess. I don't know. I'm with Alan. It's weird. But I guess it's it's iconic. And Mr. Potato is still around. So, good for them. They knew something we didn't. You know, I'm going to pass it to Delvin here in a minute, but I couldn't help but wonder if you were like living in Ireland in 1850 and you could have seen the future and saw that commercial, <laughs> would you be like, son of a <laughs> Or if you're living in some food-starved nation in 1940-something, you see, the American kids are like putting things on this food and making a toy out of it? Come on now. These Germans are starving to death. <laughs> Yeah, African kids face on like, this is like, what the hell is this? And it came with like little cars and stuff too. I didn't know that. Yeah. That, that was interesting. I didn't know about the cars either. But yeah. I got to give Delvin a chance to talk. Go ahead, Delvin. Mr. Potato Head. 
Uh, hang on, I think of a pun. Uh, scalloped. I don't know. I'm out. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. For some reason, you guys were talking about that, and in my head, I was thinking Sunday, bloody Sunday. I don't know why. It was just it was Irish band. It, th- yeah, there, there was that. And anyway, nightmare. Yes, it's like. Hi, do you have a normal potato? Now look at it. <laughs> oh my God. Why? Why? What did the potato do to you? This is horrible. <laughs> Follow up question. Why didn't they use better looking potatoes in the commercial? Like they picked the weirdest shit. Hey, they were on the budget. <laughs> they turned they turned that first one around and it's like <gasps> it was so and they put the wig on it and it was leaving more like oh. just terrible why why would and apparently this was popular apparently some kids looked at this ugly body horror potato and was like i want this mom i want this dad give this to me because like you said Mr. Potato Head is still around today. I don't, I, I, it, it started from horrible beginnings. I'll just say that much. Like, yeah, a plastic potato, who cares? Yes, it's kind of cute, you know, animatronic even. But an actual potato, horrific. I don't know why, but terrible. Kids Scary. loved it so much, they got accessories like cars for them to play with. <laughs> to stick a potato on. Yeah, I would have needed an extra set of eyeballs myself after they popped out of my head looking at that horrible freaking toy. My goodness. What if that had been the potato head in Toy Story? That would have gone into a horror film real quick. It should have gone into his past, like showing his grandparents, like, oh. <laughs> uh, can you imagine, like, dad lost his job and he came home and he's like, give me the potato head kid. <laughs> we got to save some money around here. This is dinner tonight. <laughs> It's oh nothing. my goodness, that's somebody's that's some kid's villain origin story right there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Pat's the only one who's got a chance to weigh in. Pat, uh, see if you can hash this out and catch <laughs> up with the rest of us. Okay, uh two for mm-hmm. one there. I'll mash it up and see what I get here. <laughs> there you go. I like your spirit. Um, He's got yeah, in well, the game. This was I just got like creepy. The minute those heads came together, it was creepy. And then as Alan mentioned, you know, they're like, hey, you did not need to be a potato. It could be a fruit, a vegetable, or whatever. And so then they show, I had to freeze the frame to see what I could figure out these other potato-y people were. I think there was carrot head, pickle head, maybe a cucumber. Was before it was celery pickled. involved? <laughs> I, I don't know. I got carrot head, pickle head, cucumber head, and, and I figured, well, you know, what the hell, hot dog head. Maybe they just had a hot dog and they put slap some of that stuff in there. Now you got a hot dog head. I got one more thing to add to this thing. I think this is important and we should state it because we've been always told how this was the greatest generation and how they made sacrifices during World War II. Well, apparently they got so many vegetables they can just <laughs> throw them to kids to play. They grew with. up in their vegetable garden, if you remember. <laughs> yeah, grow your vegetable garden. People are starving. Oh my god! Their <laughs> victory garden. This toy, yeah. Paid obviously, off. obviously yeah. they gave them the ones that were kind of rotting or whatever. Because would your parents have given you any vegetables to play with? Heck no. My parents, I just would have had like eyeballs and ears in my hands and like nothing to put them on. If I like put on the dog turd. <laughs> <laughs> That's your dog turned head is what I would have. Which is not far off from what it looked like. Oh, well, this is clearly one of our favorites. That we're, if you're listening to the podcast, 
do yourself a favor unless you don't want nightmares. And yeah, go to YouTube and just Google Mr. Potato Head commercial. Good well, it'll be in that. the link in the description. I always link the. Oh, okay. That'll account. link it for you. So there you go. You know what? Last thing we we got caught up in the body horror of Mr. Potato Head. And I'd always known it started out as a real potato toy and then became plastic. But like when you visually see it, it's not yeah. as charming as it was in your head. But I thought it was neat too how it's an era of commercials where they didn't really mind doing, oh, by the way, we we're also selling because they spent like 10 seconds at the end. Like we got, you know, this doctor's kit and this makeup kit. Like they were kind of getting the most out of their ad. And I thought that was neat. You're going to need it for the trauma. <laughs> Maybe, maybe maybe they were really trying to sell the second thing more than the first. It's like, <laughs> you, you don't want a horrible dismembered potato with stuff sticking out of it? <laughs> maybe well, be a doctor. Hasbro truck. <laughs> right. Oh, Hasbro. I mean, I'm glad they did it because the, the toy company that brought us G.I. Joe and Transformers maybe never would have been who they would have been had, had kids not been <laughs> up the horrible potato toy. I found it interesting too, as Alan kind of mentioned, is the Hasbro guy. I didn't know there was a Hasbro yeah, guy. Like the animated. Yeah. Because as soon as they said, hey, there's Mr. Hasbro, I was like, I can't wait to see what this guy looks like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was new to me and too. Then, I hadn't seen that. Yeah. It, I hadn't seen it either, but it, uh, that kind of made it worse. The Hasbro guy is all cute and everything is like, and look at this next toy that's coming up. <laughs> <laughs> and then back to Mr. Scary Potato Head. <laughs> Your soul no. belongs to me. <laughs> it goes back to the angelic Hasbro. And here's the next toy. No, come back to me. I'm not done taking your soul. Like, what the hell? Oh, that's it. That's the show for tonight, ladies and gentlemen. We're not going to talk about Batman. This this is funner than Batman. Let's keep talking about this. Yeah, well, speaking of which, Delvin, do your job. Save us all. Okay, I will. Chapter 12 was titled Potatoes of Evil. Okay, fine. (laughs) It wasn't. (laughs) Chapter 12 was titled Embers of Evil. The release date was October 1st, 1940 potato. Okay, that's the last time. I will not do it again. October 1st, 1943. Director was Lambert Hillier. Writer, Victor McClaude, Leslie Swabacker, and Harry L. Frazier. With guest stars, J. Carol Nash as Dr. Tito Daka. William Austin as Alfred, and Charles C. Wilson as Captain Arnold. As a reminder, all 15 episodes are available on YouTube. We highly encourage you to watch this episode before proceeding with this podcast, because not only is it just more fun that way, but Jared is about to give a synopsis about this episode, and then we're going to discuss it. There are probably some spoilers heading your way, so if you haven't watched this episode, we recommend you pause here, go check it out on YouTube, and then come back to join our discussion. It's about 15 minutes per episode, y'all. Not that big of a time demand. For those of you who are watching along with us, we love your insights. Don't forget to comment about the show on Twitter using the hashtag I'm following Batman Jared. Hashtag I'm following Batman. Hashtag something about potato. Jason. <laughs> hashtag I'm following Batman. Pat. Hashtag I'm following Batman Potato Head. And Alan. You've had your chips. Hashtag I'm following Batman. <laughs> <laughs> And with that, let's turn it over to Jared for the episode potato. <laughs> I hope you guys enjoy this uh, summary. It's chunked, scattered, covered, smothered. <laughs> These we got Waffle it. House 
hash brown jokes do anything for you guys. It's all, right, all rotten. <laughs> Let's get to the summary. When last we saw Batman, he and Robin were in one of Daka's secret hideouts. Batman was fighting one of Daka's goons as a trunk full of dynamite was set to explode, and explode it did. Luckily, Batman had noticed a trap door and used it to escape with Robin just in time, but that Daka goon? Not so much. The goons that did escape reported back to Daka everything that happened. And Daka figured out that his henchman, Marshall, remember him? He's the guy that kept captive in the Batcave, and they dropped him off at the prison. Anyway... He was the one that accidentally spilled the beans about the hideout to Chuck White, a.k.a. Batman, a.k.a. Bruce Wayne. Daka doesn't like loose lips on his staff, so he has Marshall killed while in prison by means of a poison cigarette. The ever-crafty Daka also decides to make sure that no other Batman will mess up his plans. So he and his men kidnap Linda Page to see if it will draw out the Batman. Of course it does. Batman and Robin, with the perfect opportunity to take out each goon one at a time, stealth-style, Instead, decide to draw all three goons to the basement so they can fight two against three. <sighs> you could probably guess what happens next. Batman loses a fight, but he did have to send Robin away to call the fire department because the building caught on fire. Everyone escapes the blaze except Batman. It seems the fiery basement has collapsed upon him. Now, we will get into our highs and lows of the episode. Somebody, just some highs would be nice, but we'll, we'll still start with Alan. Alan, you get to go first. Hi, low, what the? Uh, I got to start with a what the. What was the point of the previous seven episodes? <laughs> See, this is the danger with having Alan back. Is <laughs> he joins us like after X amount of episodes. Because it's followed on beautifully from episode five. <laughs> and it still hasn't. And it made perfect sense. Yeah. <laughs> Unlike last week's, which made no sense. What last episode, which I was on, made no sense whatsoever because nothing had changed. This one picks up right from the end of episode five. So <laughs> it could. It really could. That was a definite what there was. When, as soon as they started talking about Linda Page and her uncle, um, it was like literally could have just, this could have been a chapter six. So I don't understand what the point with the whole middle section of this serial was about starting to feel like they were dragging this out to get the kids money. <laughs> you reckon, huh? All right, we need someone to brighten this up. And that someone is Delvin. <laughs> Delvin, what do you got? Uh, <clears throat> About that Mr. Potato Head. I mean, just nightmarish. Right? Uh, Batman. Uh, something... I think Mr. Potato Head looks like he could take a beating. <laughs> And then him and Batman have something in common. Um, okay, geez, something good, something good. Uh, I didn't see the trap door when they were fighting last episode. So I'm um, kind of intrigued. I kind of want to go back and look at last episode to see if that trap door is there. Because if it wasn't, then I'm going to go back to this one and call heavy shenanigans. But uh, well, let's hope not, because if that was, if he did see that and, and saw that there was a trap door that led to the outside, then that was some clever thinking on his part. So that's something good. 
you know, I'm glad you mentioned that because I did have that feeling that we've seen a lot of these cliffhangers and it's like Batman got blown up in the building. Batman got blown up in the airplane. And for a lot of times it was like, yeah, or in the cave. Yeah, he got blown up, but he's okay. <laughs> and we were always kind of right. complaining that Flash Gordon at least would find a trap door or a secret whatever. But So at least he had like a little bit more exciting of a get out of it this time. <laughs> but That's true. Wanna... But go ahead, Pat. I was going to say, I want to challenge that because that's my, what the, is if these got the trap door right next to the bomb, there's obviously like a ladder or something. They got to go down. The bomb just doesn't go up, right? It would make a hole too, right? Well, Pat, let me tell you how bombs work. Yeah. It actually is going to mostly go in the direction of least resistance. So oh, okay. this actually probably would work except that was a lot of TNT in that box. And, and he closed it, and then it blew up. Like I said, bombs are going to take the pass of least, least resistance. So if you put okay. one on the floor, it's going to blow. Shoot up. Okay. Up. All right. So I'll give him the benefit of the doubt is what I'll say. Okay. I can understand that. Maybe the floor was air, a wall of protection or whatever, I guess, you know, an obstacle it's got to get through. There's a lot of dynamite in that truck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jason. I'll give a high. I like the science part of it, and they've used it a couple times throughout this series. I liked how Daka gave the poison cigarette. That was very diabolical and a clever way to kill the loose lips, as you put it, in the prison cell. And I like the way that Bruce Wayne looked around, found the clues, took it back to his lab, and was able to confirm his suspicions that he was poisoned. I thought that was pretty cool. And then. Yeah, yeah, we got to, we, uh, that's the one thing they kind of seem to be getting right, the detective piece of this. And then you also get to see Daka in his lab. So I thought that was kind of cool. You had the bad guy lab and the good guy lab all in the same episode. So if you're a science nerd, this one could be for you. But if you're a forensic science nerd, you would wonder if the guy had died in a police station why didn't the police cordon off that scene and maybe search for clues as to why he died? Well, it just happened while he was there because they said, oh, he passed out, right? And then they went in and said, "And wait, he's dead. And then Bruce Wayne looked around real quick, found the cigarette, scarfed to the cigarette. Well, then he they, called yeah, him back they, as Batman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Who's this? The police captain clearly doesn't recognize his voice either as Batman or Bruce Wayne. <laughs> He must have just been in his office like half an hour earlier. Guys, I was trying to make this a positive one. I was trying to- <laughs> <laughs> I'm with you. I liked the detective aspect. I liked seeing him be a detective. I'm, I agree with you. I like that the sheriff or whatever, the, the police officer, later on when Batman calls him and tells him the cigarette's poison, he's about to smoke one. <laughs> he's like, well, I can't let these go to waste. Oh, Captain Wilson. almost That, that double take, whoa. <laughs> they obviously now, don't have a... A, a place to store their, their, you know, their, um, what do you call that? The you evidence. Know, evidence. Yeah. They don't have an evidence locker back then. That was Batman 66 esque, the little <laughs> comedy bit that they had there. It's like, uh, and he was like, ah, yeah, whatever. And then he was like, oh, oh, oh my God. Yeah. Put the cigarette down. So, yep. That was a funny moment. Oh, back to you, Alan. I'm actually going to go with a positive too. Daka, again, Daka's smarts, getting rid of the loose end, as you said. The thing about, I don't really believe he's dead because I haven't seen the body yet. How many villains don't do that? I was like, he's oh. top tier. He's top, top tier yeah, Bond villain. Top yeah. tier comic book villain. <laughs> top tier Bond villain. Yeah, I mean, you know, that's yeah. 
Uh, and then the thing of, well, maybe there's more than one guy in the Batman suit. Smart thinking. Mm-hmm. So Jack is smart. So him keeping the two separate sides of his secret lair from, for two different types of henchmen. They don't interact. The lab. Yeah, I thought, uh, again, Dacker really comes out as the, the smartest guy on this whole series. He's cool so, as a cucumber, too. He d- nothing yeah. stops him. Nothing yeah. phases him. Yeah. Still not quite sure exactly what his endgame is, but it doesn't really matter. He's just fun to watch. Radium. So, yeah. <laughs> Radium guns, apparently. I, I, but. I want to add also that it's a pretty sound reasoning that there might be more than one Batman because how much abuse can one man take <laughs> right i mean like he he has had enough knuckle sandwiches to feed several men like so like it's it's a it's a good reason for doctor like there has to be more than one of these because the like yeah batman has taken a lot of beatings that's what i will leave that i'd actually argue he's not taking a lot of beatings because basically somebody just taps him and he falls over so <laughs> You're such a ninny. Oh my goodness. I, you know what? <laughs> Why can he not take a punch? <laughs> you know what? I, I want to defend Batman here. I want to defend him to. as part of my point. Uh, as a positive, listening to this, I actually had to rewind it and listen to it again. Daka says Batman has taken out six of his men. Six of them are dead because of Batman. So he's winning. Just slowly. Advertently. <laughs> they're still they're taking out. themselves out. He hasn't taken out anybody. He's as uh, like, far as Daka knows, he called him. He said <laughs> Batman did it. Look how this episode opened up with Batman in the most pathetic position, sprawled out with his legs all out, got his mask off, just unconscious AF. That was the opening, and it only got worse from there. <laughs> all right, everybody calm down. <laughs> Delvin's turn officially. It was an unintentional humor towards the end. You know, they kind of had the decision of like, let's kind of smoke them out and cause a distraction of sorts. And then, <laughs> so all three henchmen were there, and Batman actually tells Robin to leave and take care of the other thing and find um old girl. I forgot forget her name. Karen. Linda. Linda. There we go. Yeah, go find Linda. But it's like. You need Robin's help here. Robin was actually not doing bad in that fight. I was watching him. <laughs> Batman, you can't take one dude, much less three. Why would you do that? Are you are you a masochist? Why? That's, that is what I said as soon as he put the smoke thing down. I put it in my synopsis because the guys were like, you take the roof. I'll be on the ground floor. You go to the basement. I'm like, oh, oh, they're spreading themselves out. They got him. That was like, let's get them all in a group. I'm like, why? <laughs> why would you do that? <laughs> when have you ever won a group fight? No, I will, I will, I will say, one. is this the first time that we ever see Batman use a smoke bomb to cover his movements? Well, he may be onto something there. Because that's be. like a standard trope. It has been for years, but I thought... When they did that, it didn't quite work out the right way, but at least they sort <laughs> I mean, of tried it. The visual the was sort of there as he came through the smoke over the top of the bad guys. <laughs> then it all went downhill from there. But it was the alpha model test. Of the yeah, yeah, it was. A, yeah, <laughs> they, they they were workshopping it. They were just. Yeah. My man said it with such confidence too. He was like, "You go get the fire department." 
I'll handle these guys. And he didn't handle nothing. <laughs> it's just the smoke. Like Alan said, these days, like, it throws the smoke up, and he's gone. Now, this time's like, ah, my face. <laughs> he's like, oh, am I supposed to run? <laughs> oh, God, it hurts all over. <laughs> oh, Pat, it's your turn. I mixed it with the pepper spray. Oh, oh. <laughs> oh it stings my eyes. <laughs> Oh, you know, ah, you know, like I said, I was trying to defend him there for the six guys that he took out. But the other thing I liked, uh, we're going back to, again, Daka's, the last two episodes has been the star of this all. And I just like it when you see him. The last 12 episodes. Yeah. (laughs) I just like, you know, seeing him. He's around with his friends. They're all celebrating the death. They did a toast to Chuck White. Fun. Daka is awesome. Yeah. Again. DC needs to do more with Doc in the comics. I offer my services, DC. Alan J. Porter is also a published comic book writer. We could write some Doc stories out. I know we could. <laughs> he's, he's one of the coolest Batman villains who seems to be untapped. Oh, man. It's funny because at the beginning, remember I dropped that fun fact that it was supposed to be the Joker and they switched it to Daka, you know, to the Japanese thing. We were like, oh, it would have been cool if it had been the Joker. But now I'm like, no, man. Yeah. <laughs> Doc is great. He's Doc has been cooler than the Joker in the last few Batman films. Yeah, like yeah. I'm really might, cool. I might sign off on that, Jason. You're on the mic, and you get the last word. I guess I'm just gonna wrap up with the fight again. I guess I'm used to him losing a lot, but this time they didn't even show it. They cut away and they cut back, and he's unconscious. It's like we didn't even like we didn't even get to I, see him get beat. Jason, I thought I missed something because I was watching this on the way home, which isn't the safest thing in the world. I know. I know. But I, I was at the gas station. and I was kind of looking and like the fight started and you're right. It panned away and he came back and I was like, and it's not good if we can just infer that he lost. <laughs> They're not even trying to fake the funk anymore. It's just like, you know, he's going to lose. So we'll come uh, I think I mentioned this last episode or maybe the one before, but it probably bears repeating. To me, the biggest thing that's missing from this show is happening in the writer's room. They keep wanting to write these cliffhangers a la Flash Gordon, but like their only idea is Batman's in peril. And how is he in peril? Well, he got beat, so he's kind of in a sticky situation. Like, There's other ways <laughs> to put him in peril without having him lose fights. Look at Flash Gordon. I mean, my man went in there to rescue Linda. He's like, Linda, Linda. And then by the end of it, he's like, Linda, Linda, help! Help! Help me fight these goons! I'm getting my ass kicked again. Like, I'm just going to hang my head in shame if, if she has to come rescue him in the next episode to get him out of that burn building. <laughs> uh, the only other guy who needs to hang his head in shame is the guy working the front gate who's the terrible liar. Have you seen Linda? Nope, she hasn't been here. That's literally her car right there. We can both see it with our eyes. There's a license plate that says Linda's car. It's L1NDA. Oh, so, I mean, I had fun watching it, but uh, anyways, let's roll into fun facts with Jared. Unless Actually, before we do that, so this one felt really short to me when I watched it. So I actually went and looked at the times, and it looks like the first episode of the series was like 26 minutes. Yeah, it was almost half hour, yeah. Yeah, and then they went down to like 17 and 18-minute episodes. 
and then 15 and 16 and this one and then what next one I'd like down to 14. I mean, they're clearly running out of ideas. I mean, these things are getting shorter and shorter and shorter. Though I think it goes back up at the end. I think the last one's about 20 minutes. But yeah. it's, I don't know about the rest of you guys, but I, I was like, oh, that's over already? It felt really, really yeah. short. It was like 14, too. but two minutes of it was something we already saw from the last episode. Yeah, that was a really long opening stinger on this one as well. It was sort of recapped, as you said, like the last two minutes of the previous one. And then like a minute of preview for the next one. So you can kind of take out three minutes from the 14 minutes. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I noticed that too, Alan, when I was doing the research. And I think I have it up on like Wikipedia. They have all the episodes. And I noticed the run times were like big to small to back. Like like hourglass shape. Uh, Gotta just crank them out, I guess. They signed a contract for, you know, however many it was. Was it 15? 15, 15, yeah. 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 Okay, well, let's get into the fun facts. On this episode, I'm going to focus on Charles C. Wilson, who played Captain Arnold, our favorite cigarette-smoking police captain. He was born in 1894 in New York. He started acting on the stage in 1918 and on the screen in 1928. Get a load of this, guys. He only lived until 1948, so he was on the screen from 28 to 48. And we do the math for you here at Saturday Matinee. That's 20 years. He co-starred in over 250 movies, which means he was on a 12.5 movies per year clip. This man was working. He died of exhaustion. Put a pin in that, Delvin. We're going to talk about that. The biggest films he appeared in were Frank Capra films. He was in It Happened One Night. He was in Mr. Deeds Goes to Town and It's a Wonderful Life. Mr. Deeds Nuts. <laughs> Thank you, Jason. <laughs> so remember when I told you to put a pin in this, Delvin, that's where it comes back. He played one leading role in all those 250 films. He got one lead role and it was his last film. It was called Blazing Across the Picos. It came out in 1948, the year he passed away. He played as the villain opposite cowboy hero Charles Starrett, which means... I want you guys to think about this. When we saw him in this episode, he was 48. That dude looked over 60 easily to me. Yes, he was city miles on him. He was 48 when we saw him in this episode. Don't do that, man. That man just worked. I think he worked himself to death. 12.5 films a year. Don't smoke those cigarettes. (laughs) There's that too. Medusa's. My goodness. But so anyway, that's Charles C. Wilson, 20 year film career, 250 movies. Pretty impressive. All right, folks, let's get into the Batarang ratings for this episode. If you give it five Batarangs, which is not going to happen, <laughs> I don't think that, that means you, unless you do it ironically, because at this point it's kind of a joke inside of a show, but it means you, five means you loved it. Four means you thought it was very good. Three, it was good. Two, it was just okay. And one, I flat out did not like it. Alan, set that bar. I think my initial reaction was a two, but I might give it a three because it actually does pick up from the earlier storyline and made more sense because it did so. Yeah, I'm going to go with a three. Got generous Alan with a three tonight. Jason. Can't do it. It's a two. The only thing that keeps it from being a one is DACA. Enough said. Okay, Delvin. I'm with Jason here. I just got to see something of a plot. Even when they were teasing the next one, it's like, 
DACA has a radium gun, but it's bigger. <laughs> so that, it was like, that's your plot twist. It's an increase in size of the radium uh, gun. <laughs> we are 11 in. There isn't a plot. I, here's I here's the thing, Delvin. I got, it's not like it went from you know pistol size to, to a cannon. It's like 40% bigger than it was originally. It's not that much bigger. I'm sorry. Go back. Yeah, with with this with this cannon, he can go from affecting eight people at a time to nine point five people at a time. (laughs) Eh? Hey, (laughs) hey, dangerous. So yeah, I wasn't bored watching it, so I'm not gonna just give it a one. But it's I, I gotta see something other than Daka being clever, like. Poor Linda being used as a pawn for almost no reason at all, other than to find a way to fuse Batman and Daka's goons, and Daka's goons kick his butt again. Like, he hadn't mounted one win. He has not mounted a win yet. He does that, I might give it a five just just out of sure, sheer shock alone. He can't even get a win in dating Linda. He's struggling there. Yeah. He is struggling there. I don't know if it's just me. Maybe I was in a, uh, I don't know, mood. But I thought Linda looked really pretty in this episode, too. Kind of a knockout. But uh, maybe I was just in a Linda mood. Enough about me. Let's go to, let's go to Pat. Pat. You in a mood? <laughs> <laughs> so surprising. All right, Pat, what do you got? I'm going to say this is interesting because as we are talking about this episode, I am currently doing the final edits on the last Batman episode. And so Jason gave the last episode a three. Delvin gave it a two. Alan gave it a two. So we got two, you know, the flip-flop between Jason and Alan right now, which I find interesting. All that said is I'm still on number two with this one. Like Delvin said, I can't give it a one because it was all right. The story did move along, like Alan said. So I'll give it that. But it was short, and it just basically got us from Hey, something happened to Batman. Is he going to get out to, hey, something happened to Batman. Is he going to get out? It's like, come on. There was really not much in between besides some good DACA moments again. So I'm going with the two. Yeah, I know I beat this drum a lot, but they really just got to get better cliffhangers. They can't just keep having him get knocked out and then something crash or explode around him. Flash Gordon, remember the times where like, he come up against a, a huge physical threat, whether it be like a group of like, like remember those kind of like strong eight men wrestlers or the big chicken clawed thing. Like, why can't he come up against a large threat? And like, Oh, how's he going to win this? You know, and then see how he wins it next time. That's, that's the key to victory. Having said all that, I'm going to give it a three. I'm going to join Alan. I'm going to give it the bump from two to three strictly because I kind of like Jason mentioned, I kind of smiled when it was like, he did the detective thing. I was like, Oh, he's there. At least they're using the detective thing, and I, I like that. Generous Real quick, three, Jared. There. Real quick, Jared. If this were feature length, tell me this isn't mystery science theater. Oh, it's material. totally MST3K worthy. It totally is. I mean, that's what we've been yeah. doing tonight, essentially. Yeah. That doesn't I mean it's not I, worth a three, though. <laughs> yeah, just popped in my head. Oh, you're right. You're right. You're right. And there is a cut of it, by the way, where they've, they've spliced it together. It's like one movie that you can watch. And um, yeah. It is time to go to the Gotham City mailbag. And of course, we are thrilled to kick off these comments with special shout outs to those Crusaders Club members. 
the fine folks that have joined the crusade. They get early access to special long box episodes, voting on show content, free raffle entries, whole bunch of stuff. These are those folks. And Helica Wolf. Ow. Auburn Elvis. Bill Beer. Plastic Ostache. Braxton Underwood. Captain Entropy. Clinton Robeson. Dave Collins. Old Battle Wagon himself. Ezra Gallo. Gerald Green. Jason Lady. Jason King. Jeremy L. Jim German. Jim Meal. Joe Thomas. John Watson. Josh Strickland. That slacker. Candace Ward. Captivating Kathy Bright, the MVP. Mark Ross. Maxwell Traver. Michael Wagner. Miranda W. P.D. Devins. Paul Hicks. Rick of Jeff and Rick Present. Rob Morgan. Ryan Davey. Samantha Maney. Sean Urbanski. Spidey 67. Steve Cronin. Spreadsheets. Tim Price. Tony Pennington. And last but not least, Toronto Cop. Of course, if we miss anyone on our list, we apologize. We record these episodes well in advance of release, so if you're recent edition, we'll add you soon. If we got to get something straightened out, just send an email to contact at longboxcrusade.com. We'll square it away. If you're asking yourself, how do I get in on this? How do I become a Crusaders Club member? That's well, easy. Go to patreon.com slash longboxcrusade for as little as $1 a month. You get almost all the access. The amazing world of the Crusaders Club. Hey, Jared. Wait, wait. Hmm? Go ahead, tell him, Pat. Oh, thank you, Delvin. You know, I think you got a little bit wrong. It's not, you know, a little bit or some of it. It's all the access. <laughs> all the access. I'm, how can I forget? <laughs> so if you want how all the you? access, all the access, I'm, I'm told, I'm hearing it in my, in my headphones, all the access, patreon.com slash crusade. $1 a month, come check it out. And if you don't have any extra scratch laying around, but you want to help us out here at LBC headquarters, hey, how about you write us a review on whatever platform you're listening to this? Give us some five stars. Give us some thumbs up wherever you're listening. Say something nice about us. Hopefully we'll see it and be able to read it on the show. But our episode, as Pat mentioned earlier in our chat from last Batman, Chapter 11, Nipponese Trap, has not yet been released, so we don't have feedback on this one. So no feedback this episode, folks. Check back with us next episode. Now, if you want to give us feedback on what you heard on this episode, you got a comment or a question or anything like that, you can leave us a voicemail at 707-532-5269, 707-532-LBOX. Pick up the phone. Sexy. Well, that's it for this episode of Saturday Matinee Theater. If you'd like to hear more from us in the realm of comic books, action films, and more, check out the Longbox Crusade. Pat, where can they find that? Well, Jason, I am glad you asked. You can find the Longbox Crusade on Spotify, Amazon, Audible, pretty much all the podcast catchers out there, and also on YouTube. Or go to www.longboxcrusade.com. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and at YouTube, all at Longbox Crusade. Thank you, Pat. And if you want to hear us on our track through all things James Bond, check out on Her Majesty's Secret Podcast. Jared, where can they find that? All right, Jason, you can find that on Apple Podcasts. We're on Podbean. Most podcatchers out there, go to www.secretpodcast.podbean.com or you can check us out on Twitter at OHMSPod. Thank you. If you'd like to chat with us online, we can be found at Pat. Go ahead and kick us off. Well, Jason, I'm glad you asked. You can find me on the Twitter at Christatos01 Peeling Potatoes. Delvin. 
You can find me at DEE underscore R-A-Y 1977 on Twitter, sometimes making potato chips. Of course, of course. Jared. I am at Yard Sale Artist, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Potatogram. It's all at Yard Sale Artist. You can also check out my artwares at www.theyardsaleartist.com. Jason, putting the toe back into the social media just a little bit. Just a little bit. Yeah, I'm on Instagram at Jason Albrick. Come check me out. All right, Alan. You can find me at my website, alanjporter.com, or you can sign up for a free subscription to my new newsletter, weekly newsletter at alanjporter.substack.com or on Twitter at alanjporter. And by the way, what's the difference between a French fry and chips? Is this a joke or are you like legit? No, 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 that was a serious question. Because <laughs> <laughs> as far as I know, nothing. Nothing. <laughs> you say potato, we say potato. Say potato, yeah. yeah. <laughs> all the whole thing off. All right. Well, fellas, get your quiver filled with arrows and get ready to fight against taxation because our next episode will continue our journey through the 1955 adventures of Robin Hood TV series. We'll see you next episode for episode four, Friar Tuck. Yeah. The meetup location, Sherwood Forest. Remember to replace the speaker on the post when you leave the theater.